Views and opinions discussed are purely those of the individuals who have shared them with us and are not to be used without permission. We may discuss some medical topics or items. Do not take this as medical advice. It is purely for information and entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 4 of the Cairo Life Podcast. Uh, sorry for the delay, we had a few exams there. Uh, but today we're back with a new perspective of chiropractic. Yeah, we've got my cousin Catherine C.J. Cooper in the house today. She's coming to us um, on Zoom. We have her down in Florida. She's a 12th quarter down at Palmer, Florida. Um, so we just chatted with her about her experiences in chiropractic, how she got started, um, why she chose the Florida campus and her perspective down there, along with how she's grown as a practitioner and some of the seminars that she's been a part of. So uh, yeah, enjoy. All right, so we're just going to start with a quick intro with CJ here. Go ahead and give us just a quick intro about yourself, um, what quarter you're in, when you're expected to graduate, and then how you got into chiropractic. All right, um, I am a quarter 12, almost quarter 13 student, so I check out um, within this week and I'm heading from Florida back to Iowa for my preceptor. Um, let's see. I got into chiropractic. I actually fought it for the longest time. Um, my mom is a chiropractor, and so I thought that health has always been really important to me, but I thought that I was going to go more of the osteopathic route, um, kind of combining the best of both worlds or what I thought was the best of both worlds at the time. So I went to the University of Kansas and got a degree in exercise science with uh, a pre-med emphasis. Um, so anyways, I took the MCAT, did all that fun stuff, and I uh, applied for medical school. I got the interviews, and in that process, I myself got really sick. And so it was a, a journey. It's still a journey that I'm on. Um, I'm definitely just, uh, my health is incredibly different than what it was. Um, I've learned a lot from the journey. I feel a lot better now, but my senior year of college was not good. Uh, so the medical community wasn't listening and my mom drove immediately down to Kansas as soon as I said, hey mom, something is wrong. Like this mm -hmm. is not okay. Mm -hmm. And she called in her, what we call the Calvary of her mm -hmm. chiropractic friends, colleagues, uh, and they offered love and support and help and anything and everything. Um, they were sending me different technology and supplements and all this kind of stuff. I went out to California. I went out to yeah, I Las Vegas and yeah, got treated by a lot. It was, just, it was scary. Uh, right. We didn't really know what was going on. And so um, long story short, when it was the chiropractic community helping me find answers and bring my health back, um, it was, it was like, come to Jesus. Hello. Why are you trying to go into a field that isn't listening to you? Yeah. Um, at, at that time, I think it might've been a little bit of an ego thing. Like I wanted the respect. I saw the medical community not give my mom the respect as a chiropractor. Um, in no way did I doubt what chiropractic can do. Um, but wanted some uh, quote unquote more. And so it was just, it was a, a wake up call for me that even if I didn't have the respect from the medical community, I was going yeah. into this for a service and to help people. And, mm -hmm. and the best way for me to do that, um, was chiropractic. No, that's awesome. That's awesome that you found that. And I guess I remember you being sick, um, during mm -hmm. that time, I guess I just never realized how bad it was and what all you went through. Um, 
but it's interesting to see uh, going through not going through similar things, but having seen people go through similar things. And a lot of students that I've run into at Palmer out here have similar stories where the medical mm-hmm. field has failed them in some way, shape or form. And chiropractic has been the only sense of relief. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to hear that you had the same sort of story. Yeah. Whether it's an athletic injury or, uh, you know, or in my case, it was just like infections and a kidney issue. Right. Um, but I like that. It's like almost like you feel like you want to give back mm-hmm. to the people that took care of you. So you're like, I'm going to go into this field and. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. But I get it where you wanted to kind of get back at the medical community as well and <laughs> earn some respect from within their ranks too. Right. So. Right. And if I could be an osteo at the time in my mind, if I could go yeah. to osteopathic school, I could still be hands-on with my patients. I could yeah. still do the medical. I call thing. manipulate. Um, but then I would also have the ability to prescribe. Um, now I'm so glad I don't have that ability, um, <laughs> from my degree, but you live and you learn. So. Absolutely. So now that you've decided on chiropractic in your journey, mm-hmm. you are obviously going down the Palmer route because your mom didn't give you any other option. Not that you would want to <laughs> go. Did. Actually, my mom was the least pushy person in all of this. Like I was begging for answers and she, yeah, I know my mom. Your mom who told me when I, I was a boy that I had no I other options but Palmer. <laughs> she told you you could go wherever you wanted? She was even like deciding chiropractic. She wouldn't give me any answers. Like it was, nope, this is your decision. Like, oh, I like So I, I can't blame her, alter. Yeah. I mean, I can thank her, but Absolutely. anyways, it was my decision. Okay. So um, now yeah. you've decided on Palmer. Did you visit all the campuses? I actually only visited West and Florida. Um, I figured that if I was going to go to school for another three and a half years, um, I was going to go somewhere warm. So yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to stay in Davenport. Good call. Yeah, I'm with you. I made the same choice. I'm from Canada, so yeah, I was like, exactly. I warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, compare your perceptions of Palmer West and Palmer, Florida, and why you chose Florida. Um, why did I choose Florida? So I actually looked at West first and really wanted to be in, in California because why not? Um, I have family in Florida, so I've been to Florida, um, you know, spent long since we have family in Florida. So anyways, um, but when I visited campus there, um, and no offense to you guys, it was just small. Um, it was definitely like still an option for me until I visited Florida and our campus is beautiful. Um, the class size was actually a thing for me. Like, um, mm-hmm. my class size is about 80. So it's smaller, but it's still like way bigger than you guys. As I said, you say smaller. <laughs> Our class size is like 20. Yeah. So the, the biggest class size I think we have right now in the, the biggest quarter, I want to say is like mid 60s. Like yeah. Is the biggest one. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine. We were the biggest coming in, but now they've like totally. Yeah. Outreached us. So, yeah, that's insane. But your so campus the class is size bigger, was bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So, our campus is um, three academic buildings. So, two are dedicated to classrooms. That's where our tuition funds are going, right? We <laughs> no, they, no, they go to Davenport. Let me yeah, tell you. Right. Um, <laughs> no, but so we have two uh, academic buildings uh, that have like classrooms. And then the other building on the academic side is like our cafeteria and a big. Um, like conference lecture hall type thing. Okay. And then just like around the corner is our clinic. Um, and we have, we have two clinics actually. So our main campus, our main campus clinic that I'm on. And then we have another clinic like wow. a couple miles away. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you had multiple clinics. That's really cool. 
Mm-hmm. How many students do you guys have on campus? Do you know, like generally? Oh gosh. Um, I know ours is like. I don't know. Ours is like three to four hundred ish. Yeah, is what they tell us. But I, um, I mean, I would say classes range from now, like size wise, from sixty to. I think the last one was like one hundred and twenty. If you have three before me, there was some smaller classes like in the um, if you even, if you even have 10 of those on campus, that's, that's a about thousands, that, yeah. yeah, you're almost yeah. a thousand. That's wow. that's a big difference, but granted, we're split up into different so like we have the academic side and then True. um, 10th quarter, your full clinic. Like, you, don't Do you guys, and this does not get into kind of the comparison between, and mm-hmm. I know we want to hit on this, um, <clears throat> so it's a good segue. Do you guys get in? Do you guys all have like the same classes with your cohort, or do you end up doing like because with 60 people, do they have you all moving together? Like we all stay together for all of our entire schedule, or do they split you guys up for everything? We're split up. Um, so we are all together for big lectures. So um, your basic, whatever, anatomies, those kind of thing, like big yeah. lectures, we're all together. But then labs were split up. So my class had, I think we had five or six sections. Um, and there was like 13 to... 13 to like 18, it depended on who dropped and who stayed and whatever, um, in each section. So like for our adjusting classes, for our anatomy labs, we were all split up. So then we did have that smaller hands-on. Right. Did you guys find like the smaller groups becoming more like, I don't want to say clicky, but like the social groups or did you find like the large groups kind of stayed? I know for us, it seems to be that way. Our lab groups kind of tend to be our friend groups more or less. I think um, you definitely bond with that smaller group a lot faster. Sure. Um, I lived or still do live by two girls who were in a different section and I was friends with them first. Yeah. So our two sections kind of combined just because we were like that bridge. Yeah. Um, I was really lucky that I have a group of friends that I'm sure you guys have the same that became like my Florida family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've taken care of each other while we've been down here. Not I live well. at his apartment now, so. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Um, I was going to say we have marriages and babies, but maybe, like, avoid that for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been um, – I could definitely see, like, the clickiness, but my class as a whole, um, we kind of bounce around. Like, yeah. I, I can't say that the section's really clicky um, because we st- still all do come together. So. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. We yeah. do as well. It just seems to be a lot less now, especially with COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the other thing. How has school changed for, and maybe you can uh, touch on it for the under quarters that are in kind of the classes and stuff, but um, how has it changed for them down there for you guys? And we can kind of touch on what it is like for us. Yeah. So I still have, um, I think, three lecture classes online that should be in person um, for like the clinic side. So even when we're in clinic, I'm sure you guys have the same. You have big yeah. lectures a couple yeah. times a week um so all of my classes have gone completely online just because yeah. they they can uh, mm-hmm. they're not really a hands-on granted in clinic um florida law different than california law different yeah. than iowa law um but we are now back full capacity at clinic we just have to wear face masks or you if you if you're caught without it you get an ethics violation so they're very serious about the face masks mm. um, it's just face masks for you guys as clinicians like no nope. shields, none of that. Nope, just face masks. Wow. Well, so like know, always. Yeah, for us, it's it's uh, face masks always and shields when they're, the doctors are working on us. So, and then on the academic side, I think yeah. they're allowed to wear um, 
so okay they're still doing lectures as virtual yeah um but they have just starting this last quarter did hand-on labs yeah, like CLM and okay so i'm sure it's like all it's, yeah it sounds about like the same i figured it would yeah be, i feel uh, like it'd be across the board yeah around three campuses the same kind of thing i just can't imagine doing like an adjusting lab virtually like <laughs> what we do is hands-on it's just yeah crazy. we we did it for the first quarter first part of this quarter and i guess last quarter last too, quarter was shoot. all online for us so yeah so the thing they always yeah, told us, us too actually the thing they told us which i get but we, they always told us that, that, like, there's chiropractors right now out in the field that couldn't touch a patient until ninth quarter. And it's like, wait, 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 I get that. But that was 20 years ago before laws changed. And now, oh, like, no, there's other schools that don't touch still, patients okay. until they're in the clinic. Okay. So well, they yeah. were kind of throwing it back at us so as a, like, like, you know, you guys are spoiled. Like, you kind know, of. like, kind yeah. of, like, you don't know what you have. Exactly. Like, be grateful for what you, wait, yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, Hands-on labs were very difficult. We were lucky because our fourth quarter was a repeat of our third quarter as far as technique. Oh, so okay. So you had the like, basic. We had the basic stuff down. It was just we didn't get the like one-on-one -on -one with the teacher to actually critique and practice yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. But we had bodies that we could practice on and we could get as much as we could through this sort of interaction. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it was fine, but now we're back in uh, hands-on labs. They made hands-on labs for us mandatory next quarter. So like this oh, quarter, okay. was this optional because optional we started halfway through, but next gotcha. quarter they'll be mandatory. So right. we have to be there for them. But I mean, I think, unfortunately, I think we're going to be in this hybrid system for a while. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what you, guys, what you have as far as inc inclinations down there, but I think you're right. Unfortunately, it's it's frustrating, uh, yeah, no yeah. doubt. But at the same time, like, do you take a quarter off? Like, no, it's not going to change anytime soon. I don't have, so. I don't have that luxury. I, and I know exactly. There's some people that were, though. Some people were like, some I'm just going to wait and postpone until we come back. And it's like, well, really? Like, I get it. But I was definitely blessed in like where I am in the in in my education in that like yeah i did miss almost a quarter of the clinic side yeah. um but i was still able to make numbers and all that um and we had to do stupid online like cases and that kind of thing to make hours but yeah, i've heard about those oh my goodness those were frustrating but you know what we we made do so i was lucky that that wasn't really a decision i had to contemplate but when you're paying how much you're paying for school right. and then it becomes virtual it's like well, I feel like those quarters that were anywhere between like six and like 10 or 11, where you're kind of in that, like you're learning all the vital setups and you're learning how to actually be a clinician that you need to maybe be there for. Right, right. And if it's like the hands-on stuff that you're missing, then I can see where there might be an interest, but I don't have time for that. So quick question. Yeah. Is Florida on a quarter system or are you guys trimester? We're quarters. Quarters? Yeah. Okay. I love the quarters. Iowa is the only trimester system, correct? And they're yeah. both of us the trimester. I heard rumors they're trying to make us all tries. Yeah. I've heard I that. love the quarters. Like if you hate too. a class, it's over in eleven weeks. If you love yeah. it, like <laughs> it's so nice. I run it's on an so eleven nice. week like on a eleven week calendar. It's Everything's so nice. just week, 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 week. <laughs> it's so nice. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay. So now we've talked a little bit about the comparisons of the schools. Let's chat about your clinic experience and some of the different seminars. So we've touched on in our last talk interview um, with Dr. Lutz 
uh, Dr. Lutz, excuse me, we talked about seminars. And I know mm-hmm. your experience with seminars is very different than mine. I've been to FR and some more hands-on um, rehab type, uh, muscle work type, mm-hmm. where you've been to more of the neurological kind of stuff. So if you wouldn't mind, touch on some of the ones you've been to. I know we talked about NET, quantum neurology, contact reflex analysis, and torque release. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I will ask you specifically for those, but if you can kind of break down a few of those for us and how you use them clinically, um, or just even what kind of benefit you've seen for your patients. Um, go ahead. Yeah, well, I actually listened to that last podcast and I totally agree with what he said in terms of like, don't just go to a seminar to go to a seminar. Like, do your research, know that you're interested in that technique. And and even on top of that, once you go to the seminar, like you have to implement it. Either find a buddy or if, if you are in clinic, like, and your doc allows you to like implement it on that patient because if you go to a seminar and then you're just back in class on Monday, you're going to lose it all. Like it's not, unless it's, I mean, like an adjusting technique or whatever in your earlier quarters, cool. But um, in terms of like the neurological techniques, um, those are a little bit harder to, for sure, unless you practice. Um, And same with any like rehab thing, unless you're applying it and seeing it on patients. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, some of the stuff I've done, I can't say I remember doing it in, you know what I mean? Like I did it at the time, but now like I, I understand the philosophy and I can figure it out, but I have to go back to my notes to truly understand exactly how it has to be done. And so, but again, I'm getting away with it because it's the physical stuff. So it's just a yeah. matter of reviewing my notes and I can figure it out. Right. But some right. of this neuro- neurological stuff, uh, like talk about quantum neurology, if you don't mind. I know sure. um, your mom treated me with it and I had no idea what was even happening. So, <laughs> She's fast. Uh, I know you've been through a couple of the seminars yourself. So what is the deal with quantum neurology? So um, quantum neurology is is quite the technique. Um, It's, how do I say this? It it upregulates your nervous system. So um, I think we all can agree that the body is amazing and it is a self-healing organism in itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it just needs some direction or some help along the way. Mm -hmm. And so QN is one of those techniques that can help remove interference. Um, but in order to remove it, you have to find it. So it does use muscle testing. Um, the very basic QN is checking myotomes. And like myotomes that you learn in, you know, quarter one, quarter two um, of that MRS testing. And so, you know, you're, you're testing four or five out of five strength, but if you find a three out of five or a four out of five, you're then looking for that neurological interference um, and how to correct it. And then, you know, building off of that. So you start with myotomes and you strengthen those and you, um, you want to make sure the pelvic floor is strong. The pubic bone is strong. Um, they talk about the pubic bone, like the keystone to an arch, just upside down to the spine. So if your pubic bone is not strong, the rest of your work is not going to hold in terms of the rest of the spine is not going to hold because your keystone is not strong. Makes sense. Um, so there's a lot you can do with QN and I have not even, I'm not even halfway through, um, but you can be dangerous at the beginning. Um, I made it through module one and two. Um, and there's four modules, I believe. And then like a certification if you decide to go that far. Gotcha. And your mom's done it all, correct? She, um, she has not certified yet, but okay. she has done all four modules multiple okay. times. Okay. So, yeah, so it starts with like myotomes, goes to cranial nerves, um, and working what you would think more nervous system like, but yeah. um, 
MRS testing his nervous system as well, right? So, yeah. and then, and then be, it becomes an art. So, like, you have your basics of myotomes and cranial nerves, and then it becomes like sensory work. So, um, someone, my mom had a patient with, um, this is a really cool case with reflex sympathetic dystrophy, where like her foot would turn black and like so painful, she wanted to cut it off. And again, a medical, a freak accident, like uh, a milk jug fell out of the fridge and onto her foot. Like literally that was the accident. And so um, medical community gave her, you know, different shots, whatever, saying everything's fine with her foot. Right. But her foot was black. <laughs> it's not fine. There's nothing fine yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, so that um, is like very advanced QN and other techniques that my mom like puts all together. Correct. Um, but that's just, you know, the other end of the spectrum that you can really help people with some serious musculoskeletal, but also like concussion syndromes and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Right. I had a quick question. Sorry. Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. okay. Let's say you did find a three out of five. Mm -hmm. What's your next step? Like, how do you, how do we bring that to a five? So that's telling you that there's some interference. Um, if you look at it like a breaker system. So right. um, if you have a three out of five muscle strength, then your lights are off. Like the nerve flow to that is not on 100%. Okay. So you have to reset that breaker and there's multiple ways you can do it. Um, in the clinic where, or at least the Palmer clinic here, we're somewhat limited in techniques and tools that we can use. Um, mm -hmm. I was really lucky to be under a doc that he basically, um, once I earned his trust, uh, if I could explain what I was doing and my patients were getting better, then he let me do basically what I wanted to do. Um, but anyway, so you could use an Arthur stim to stimulate. You can adjust manually. So let's say it's an L1 weakness of iliopsoas, mm -hmm. right? So then you're going to look at L1 region mm -hmm. to adjust. Mm -hmm. And you could just manually adjust, and maybe that restores, that restores the 5 out of 5 strength, right? right? Um, and it just depends on the patient and how neurologically damaged they may be. Like a stroke patient, it's going to take a lot more rehabilitation right. than... Yeah the average Joe walking in. Okay. So I guess I've never really, to me, it sounds like, and this is going to be a very simple, 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 but it just sounds like it is a overarching system. QN is an overarching system. Well, the nervous system, I guess it innervates everything, right? So mm -hmm. it's an overarching system to treat everything essentially. Mm -hmm. So, and what's cool about QN is it, it's creating that neurological recognition um and, and through so so you create the recognition and then you do the rehab and then the body corrects itself right. granted it might take multiple rehab sessions in order for that myotome to hold or as you get more advanced like um i'm trying to think like it, it took multiple sessions to get that girl's foot back to normal right, right? it wasn't an overnight thing right right um but yeah, like, again, you can be very dangerous with the basics of my jump test. Absolutely. And go all the way forward. So how do you tie then in, let's, let's move on from quantum neurology to other, some of these other things. So like, I know you're a big CRA, contact reflex analysis. Mm -hmm. How do you use, what is that? And how do you use that and then tie it into kind of the other things such as QN? Like yep. do you get from QN or how does this tie into that sort of interaction? So contact reflex analysis is another muscle testing technique. Uh, Dr. Dick Versendahl created it and his daughter Dawn now teaches it. Um, but it, it goes off of 
a triad. Um, and the triad that we've learned in school, or at least we have um, in Florida is, you know, thoughts, traumas, toxins, or nutrition, emotion, structure. Mm-hmm. So I use it um, as, as my map um, to ask the body, like, what do you need? What is priority? What will give you the best bang for your buck right now? Um, because as much as chiropractic adjustments can be powerful, maybe that person just needs some nutritional support, or maybe they need an emotional support. Um, maybe that adjustment today isn't going to benefit them or it would benefit them, but there's something else a priority. So I use that as my initial, like, what do you need right now? Um, I also use it as like when I am checking nutrition, that's one of the techniques that I will incorporate, um, in terms of like how to, like what that person needs. Um, but so then in with each one of those categories of, nutrition, emotion, structure, Mm -hmm. you can ask the body, let's say it's a structure indicator. Okay, well, do you want to be adjusted? Or do you need QN? Or what type of QN do you need? Like, is it a myotome? Is it a cranial nerve? So it really streamlines practice rather than, okay, let me just check everything. Like, you don't have time for that. So giving the patient the best thing for their buck. So it sounds like Okay, so let me ask you this then. If you have a patient that walks in with, and let's just simply low back pain, mm-hmm. right? How mm-hmm. do you use CRA then to kind of give the framework for your treatment protocol or plan for a set individual? Um, it depends on the practitioner, for sure. Um, if someone came in, oh man, that's hard to say. Because in the, on, in the Palmer Clinic, I'm somewhat limited in what I can do. Um, but in my mom's practice, okay, so it looks a world, little bit perfect different. Perfect world. Perfect world. You could treat the okay. patient, no so, back pain, and we're going to assume nothing else. Again. So perfect world. You're still going to do your exam. Okay. You're still going to test, um, you know, MRS, all of that. Do your vitals. Perfect Palmer exam, right? Um, but you want a, a whole care plan. You want to address the nutrition, the emotion, and the structure. So what I personally do, it's called scoring, um, and that's part of CRA. So you could literally score that low back pain, mm-hmm. or um, honestly, you, you don't even have, like there's just so many ways you can do it, and it depends on the patient. Um, but I guess, just, I guess I'm just trying to understand how, implement it how you implement it one yeah. but then how like you have a you have a, a patient that comes in purely for someone that has that has no idea what you do sure. they have a friend hey your low back hurts let's go to a chiropractor because they're a spine doc so or so i'm told um and so they walk in and like hey my, my back hurts right here mm-hmm. are you gonna go through the whole thing and like give them kind of the whole netqn breakdown or are you gonna give them hey you know all of that and that's kind of putting your puzzle together in your head and then you're going to kind of piece it together for them as you go along in the process? Um, yeah, I think I would address it from a structural side first, okay. if that answers your question. It does. Um, it does. That's I, I would address it structurally first, and then, um, and including that would be myotome work, pelvic floor, making Absolutely. sure all of that is yeah. stable and strong, um, adjust. And then, um, you know, if I think that patient would benefit from nutrition, then I might use CRA to say, okay, which nutrition? Um, And then, you know, it's a progressive thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, the next visit, maybe I use CRA and I say, okay, actually there is an emotional link connect, like 
connected to, whether you're back or just a stressor, mm -hmm. um, do you want to check it out? And they can say yes, they can say no. Um, but just yeah. allows you to have that full triad and that full well-rounded care plan. And it's over a bunch of appointments. Like, like you said, they would come in the next visit. Yeah. So oh, I think yeah. the hard the thing I was kind of not grasping at first was, is this all done from the get-go visit, yeah. visit one, but it's not. So oh it's, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Like myotomes could be one visit. Right. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense now. Cause okay. I mean, we're not in clinic. So like, we're just used to practicing on each other. So I'm just kind of thinking like, I'm thinking a little bit ahead right now. We've had our first attached lab. We're supposed to have attached lab last quarter. So we have our first attached lab this quarter. We're actually get to assess. Right. And our teacher okay. like, okay, go do whatever you want. We've shown <laughs> you all the assessments in class. Do what you want. Come yeah. back to us when you're ready to adjust. And we're just like, where do you uh, start? what? Yeah, no, CRA is like way down the line. No, that. I know, I know. And then that's why, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's why like our brains are stuck at like baby level one. Right? No, totally. And so we're trying to fill in the gap a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think that's where um, torque release comes in well for me. Um, that was is, my next question. What is that? Um, so torque release technique is, um, they use an integrator for a tool. So a lot of people compare it to an activator, but it's way different. Um, Dr. Holder, the creator, would be like all over it if I said it was an activator. <laughs> but anyways, um, it's again a neurologically based tonal method. Um, I am pretty black and white in my thinking. And so when I learned TRT, I was like, sweet, I have a system to follow to help me put this puzzle together. Um, so he has a lot of research on it. Uh, the integrator is FDA approved. Um, a very like science-based technique, uh, but it uses the, you know, the Deerfield leg check, the yeah. things that you learn in school, um, but helps you apply them in the correct way. So like a leg check, a lot of people will just like look at the feet and say, oh, the left leg's short. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not telling you anything. Um, yeah. According to Dr. Holder and and the research that he's done, you have to elicit a reflex of that Achilles. Gotcha. So he talks about that and the importance of the leg check and how to do these, these, these tests correctly. So cervical syndrome tests, which you may or may not have learned yet, but um, even that, like how to do that correctly, um, how to do a Deerfield leg check correctly um, in terms of so that you're assessing the nervous system, Absolutely. not just looking at leg length. We Sorry to cut you off, but when, no, you're good. When we when we were taught the leg check or things like the leg check, it's solely a structural based yeah. So test, and that's so this is a functional. Oh yeah, that's the, that's mentally what I've been struggling with a lot personally is that I'm very function based. Like everything I've done in my career is function, and so they should be. Yeah, yeah. Here and they tell us all this stuff based on like a person not moving restrictions, which, restrictions, and all this stuff, and I get it, but it's like function and purpose is what we're here for in the end. So why are we not working on working toward? So like the, the leg check thing we had, a, they taught us it. And then the next quarter we had a teacher just completely tear it to shreds. And it's like, well, then what's the point of teaching us something? If you're going to rip it apart, one, two, the way you're ripping it apart is not even biomechanically sound <laughs> in the first yeah. place. It's, so it's like your arguments. Uh, so anyway, I've, and that's a hard part about chiropractic is we almost fight each other in our own field. Absolutely. Like every technique works. Okay. Yeah. Like I, you can call it voodoo. You can call it straight structure, <laughs> like whatever. Every yeah, thanks technique for, thanks for works. That, by the way. 
Yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> My mom would appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I commented on that in our first episode. Oh, right. And yeah. her mom texted me back and got at me for it. So we're going to have her on too. Uh, I want to have actually both of you that. on again and talk about you're once maybe you've done the precept and all that. Yeah, I have to apologize. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I forgot what we were talking about there. but uh, Yeah, no, back to the, the TRT. You were talking about like a leg track and they would look at it as a, as a nervous um, function nervous system function, function, yeah mm -hmm. so go on mm -hmm. more about that um so trt you can use the integrator which um i plan to do i don't have the access to it in the palmer clinic but my mom does use it but like we were talking about earlier like the woman can manually adjust and i personally think manual adjustment is key like people like that sound whether it's a crack mm -hmm. addict or not like <laughs> that's yeah. that i want to manually adjust as well so um trt for me is more of a method okay. in terms of analysis and they have protocols lined out in terms of what are the most common uh subluxations and on top of that they talk about primary versus secondary versus tertiary subluxation so oh. a lot of times pain presents as a secondary or tertiary absolutely so if you are constantly adjusting a secondary or tertiary subluxation you're not actually addressing the problem absolutely and you're not at, like that person might get better for a couple of days but until you find that primary subluxation and you might get lucky like you might find it maybe your palpation skills aren't that good right um but until you adjust the primary you are not you're not going to like uncover that next layer. Um, no, you're not going to retrace. This is the first time that I've heard of a system that actually talks about it like that. Like we always hear about things that are connected, right? And so you're always going to assume the pain. We're always told the pain is not the not the main cause, but then they're like, okay, have fun, go find it. And it's like, well, <laughs> wait a minute, what, what? What? There's some referral patterns here and there, and it's like, well, good luck. It's like, wait a and minute. And you know what? We're really good at treating pain. Like we, really we are. are great at that. Yeah, um, it doesn't fix anybody's problems. And streamline it. Like, let's get them in and out so that we can have optimal health versus just constantly treating low back pain. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So TRT is really good to find that analysis of the primary subluxation um, and gives that black and white, in my mind, picture yeah. of like, here is, your, here is your path to follow to find that. How was that as a student to take? How are all these as a student to take? TRT, CRA, QN? Yeah, um, TRT, I took, I actually took TRT before I went to chiropractic college. Um, I, I, I know. Um, I somehow snuck in with my mom. I know, don't tell. Whoops. Um, and then I took it, I think I was in like fifth or sixth quarter um, in terms of like I, had, I knew what a cervical syndrome was. I knew my listings so I could yeah. understand the lingo that was going on. Yeah. Um, and then I actually just did a refresher like a month ago and I had it. I was like, all right, this makes sense. I got this. This was TRT. Um, this is TRT. Okay. Yeah. Um, and now I can implement it pretty easily. So it's definitely, Dr. Holder is like, amazing he's like one of the greats i would say in terms of just like the knowledge that that man has of chiropractic um and beyond yeah. but um like he has the research side to back it which is cool because you yeah. don't always see that in chiropractic not at all um and so anyways that one i would say you might have to take a couple times but yeah. even that like if you get a buddy and you guys practice like yeah. right. i just i took it six quarter and i didn't take my own advice and <laughs> I 
didn't <laughs> apply it to patients, right? Yeah. So yeah. until I went to clinic and was like able to apply it the next day, um, it, was, it wasn't as easy until this last time. Yeah. And then QN, um, so with uh, COVID and everything, they've actually done some webinars. Yeah. So I've taken it in person um, once and then I ha- I'm like in the middle of a webinar now. Um, myotomes, cranial nerves, I know really well. Um, I think for a chiropractic student, again, it's beneficial if you're on the clinic side in terms of you can apply it the next day, Mm -hmm. but if you have a buddy to go with you, um, I really don't think like too early is a thing. Um, QN, I think you could understand QN even without knowing listings and that kind of stuff. Um, stuff, Right. To be aware of kind of the nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. And just having that like broader picture of the nervous system. Um, but that one definitely takes time to sink in. Um, CRA, same thing. It just depends on how you want to go about it. Um, but like we were talking about, you guys are still in that it like, okay, we've been taught all these things. Now, how do we put it together? Yeah. So CRA might be one of those things that helps you put it together, but it might also be something that you need to go out and learn five techniques so that when you use CRA, you're like, oh, I have things to plug in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. yeah. Um, NET is uh, one of my very favorite techniques to deal with that emotional side. Um, and a lot of docs are like, I don't want to touch that. Um, but NET, it's not, it's not therapy. Uh, if I need to refer out for a mental health thing, I will. Um, but NET gives you a quicker tool to be able to help your patient in that way. Um, so that one, there's always different levels with techniques, right? But, um, a basic seminar, again, if you went to a basic and then you got a buddy, like you could learn that. And that one you could definitely take early. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. Because that's not necessarily structure. What was the other one? TRT. Yeah. I think that was it. NET, QN, CRA, and TORC were the main ones we hit on. And you talked about all of them. So I think we're good. I had a quick question about TRT. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, is that module based or is that just like one time kind of thing? Cause you said you took it. A, yeah, that's just a one time kind of thing. Um, okay. they do have like a workshop, uh, option right. on like Sunday, but it's just, yeah, it's one and done. Was that in person TRT? It was. Okay. And are they, yeah. that was we recently. all had to wear face masks. Yeah. Did they have that? They had no desks. Of, it was really weird. <laughs> limited number of people too. Um, yeah, but we still had like a good amount of people. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. We'll check those out. Yeah. I'm very interested. I know, like I said, I've done a lot of the, I've looked into a lot of the rehab, more of the musculoskeletal type of stuff. And so yeah. I want to get more into that neurology. Well, and for you, maybe, you know, CRA isn't your thing or you don't, maybe you are one of those docs that doesn't want to deal with the emotional side. So you're yeah. like, oh, bro, I'm going to send you to my cousin. She'll do exactly. that. Um, <laughs> and, and that's where we go back and forth rather than fighting. Like, yeah rehab is so important and i refer patients to rehab all day long but like that's just not where my heart is absolutely Um, and so i you know focus more on that nervous system side no absolutely i'm the same so um let's talk about what's next for you we can wrap it up and just kind of chat quickly about what your plans are so i know next step for these palmer or chiropractic students is precept so where are you headed um, I'm headed back home to Iowa. I am going to work with my mom in her practice in Cedar Rapids. Uh, and then I graduate December of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. 
this will be a good trial run to see how preceptor goes. Um, I'm not making any big decisions yet. Um, definitely have goals set for the future, but uh, right now I'm just going to see how that goes. Timing wise, my sister, uh, my little sister will be a senior in high school, so I wouldn't mind being home for some of that stuff. She had to sit through all of my games and choir events. So to be able to be home for some of that would not be horrible. Right. Um, yeah. So I could see myself staying there for, you know, a year or two and associating while I um, get my feet, you know, keep taking Absolutely. seminars and that kind of thing. Cause Palmer will give you your basic toolbox, but there's a lot more to learn. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys feel that way. Yeah. I mean, I've been told by numerous docs that you don't actually start learning about the chiropractic profession until you get out of school. Once you get out and start actually treating and start actually working with other docs and going to seminars with other docs that's when you actually start to really learn how to treat people yeah so. yeah you're definitely in a we call it the Cairo bubble um yeah. when you're in school and so you know x patient will walk in and they will have this issue and this is how you treat it and blah, blah, blah. like that's not real life um yeah. and so you get a little bit of glimpse into that in in clinic side but um one thing I've learned is always keeping an open mind um, mm -hmm. in terms of, in terms of technique, in terms of patient, whatever. Um, like I said, my mom was a straight gondroid coming in and it's far from that Gondry. now. Um, <laughs> she, she, you know, so yeah. just always being, being willing to learn and, and open to learning new mm -hmm. techniques, whether or not you take that home with you or not. Um, but like stop fighting each other within the chiropractic yeah. profession and, and refer to one another instead. No, that's some great advice to end on. Do you have any other questions? Uh, no, I mean, if I do, I'll personally message you. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I'm really interested in, uh, in all these techniques you kind of named, because I mean, I hear it from Justin and some of our classmates, a lot of the rehab stuff that they've done, but to see this and to hear more about this is really eye-opening. I'm kind of yeah. in the middle, or I'm not, sorry, not in the middle. I'm kind of in that early stage of going to seminars and whatnot. I've been to sure. one technique seminar and that's it. What technique? Figure it out. Uh, we went to there's a, there's a doctor, uh, forget his last name, or I'm sorry, his first name. His last name is Charette. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, he's big adjusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, he comes out here every now and again and we went literally February before coronavirus. Like a week. Literally like a week or two before coronavirus. Just got to it. He had it out here at the end of our third quarter. So we went to just get some adjusting in. That's awesome. It was really cool just to get actual adjusting. Like we spent two days purely adjusting. So it was yeah. really cool to learn how to adjust the entire body and just get the hands on. Right. But no doubt. Just trying to figure out all that. Huh? Yeah. I'm a little hesitant right now just because of COVID and all that with seminars happening. But yeah, like I said, hearing Justin's experience and yours, you know, things are kind of moving along, moving past. So I yeah. think I'm ready to, to find out what it is that I want to do next. That sparks your interest. Yeah, for sure. Well, and again, I said I was lucky in that, you know, I, I didn't have that middle road. I was able to be like, oh, I've seen my mom do X, Y, and Z, and I really like X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Justin came from a rehab side too. So he, you know, has his heart in that. So it's finding what, you know, sparks your interest. Not to mention, I also saw the other side too. And like I said in the first episode, it threw yeah. me off a little bit. So, uh, yeah. You had a good role model, though. I mean, yeah, it sounds yeah from the sounds of it, and I would love to talk to her one day too. We'll have her yeah. on, but, but uh, now we'll make Justin like incorporate little bits of it at a time. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, come on now. I'm not going to just be a rehab only guy. <laughs> I want to understand it all at least. <laughs> I know to refer out to you. I'll refer out. Exactly. To you. I'll refer right back, and we'll be good. <laughs>
but so, not in Cedar Rapids. Keep no, 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 no. We'll work that out. <laughs> but, uh, thank you so much for joining us. My thank pleasure. Um, it's great to talk to you guys. Yeah, great to talk to you too. Have a great one. Good luck. Thank you.